welcome everyone to Understanding the I Am That Is You podcast. Yay! Hey everybody, it's your girl Wynn Ruffin, and I pray all is well with everyone, and your hearts and minds are full of love, joy, and compassion for yourselves and other selves. And no matter the negativity, heartache, and struggle that we all must sometimes suffer through in our lifetime, let us all keep pushing on a little further, knowing that the trials of life and the lessons to be learned, sometimes harsh, sometimes not, but still, they come to every man and woman at some point in life, yet not without cause or purpose. However, whether we like it or not, still we must proceed in all things from a place of love. Hey, y'all, check it. Lord knows we are not without that which we need to be strengthened, comforted, and covered, no matter the circumstances that may confront us. Whenever we call forth the power of love and light from our very own mighty, I am presence. Amen. And now, we have come to understand that decrees are powerful, not only in word, but in vibration. Certain words create certain vibrations, and when properly combined and repeated, you can actually feel the vibration throughout your entire being, uplifting and healing, mind, body, and spirit. So, I will be including more decrees, and prayerfully, we will get to the point of not just speaking them, but also feeling them, increasing the power of our cause and the bond to our presence. Give thanks and praises for love and life, and y'all be loved. The Diamond Heart. O presence of the Diamond Heart, in victory now I come, bearing the cup of liquid light, all lurks the battles won. I raise my sword and now step through, within the flame I bow to you, and you, the heart of light and all, reveal to me the great and small. Upon my shoulders, blazing bright, you place my cape of dazzling light, and I, at last, all blessed and free, and only love myself as thee. O presence of the diamond heart, all ecstasy supreme, the joy now all encompassing, my own life's radiant stream, is ever pouring out its light, all, all perfection too. I am thy presence, Lord of light, O great love, flame just you. In love and peace and glorious power, in all realms and all space, I hold thy hand, thy source of all, I am thy own bright face. Affirmations. Through the presence, power, and intelligence which I am, I go forth while my body sleeps, feeling and experiencing the fullness of myself as the infinite I am presence. And when my body awakens, charging it full to overflowing with the feeling of that presence, I am the freedom of the great I am. I am eternally God controlled every moment, every day, and everything and every way. Peace, peace, peace be still. I am perfect obedience to my inner will. My eyes are the eyes of the mighty I am presence. I see all things and through all things perfectly. I see perfection everywhere. My ears are the ears of the mighty I am presence. I listen only to the voice of my I am presence, accept only its truth, and hear only the music of the spheres perfectly forever. The light of the I am is mighty and does prevail, 
and I feel this victorious, majestic presence controlling at all times within me. Shinero. Isis Unveiled, Chapter 12 The year 1876, just passed, we write in February, 1877, was emphatically, and, from the standpoint of March, 1875, unexpectedly, a year of blood. In the Danubian principalities was written one of the bloodiest chapters of the history of war and rapine, a chapter of outrages of Muslim upon Christian that has scarcely been paralleled since Catholic soldiers butchered the simple natives of North and South America by tens of thousands, and Protestant Englishmen waded to the imperial throne of Delhi, step by step, through rivers of blood. If the Tsar Louis prophecy was but a mere newspaper sensation, still the turn of events elevated it into the rank of a fulfilled prediction, 1875 was a year of great plenty, and 1876, to the surprise of everybody, a year of carnage. But even if it should be found that the baby prophet never opened its lips, the instance of the Jenkin infant still remains to puzzle the investigator. This is one of the most surprising cases of mediumship. The child's mother is the famous Kate Fox, its father H.D. Jenkin. MRI, Barrister at Law, in London. He was born in London, in 1873, and before he was three months old showed evidences of spirit mediumship. Wrappings occurred on his pillow and cradle, and also on his father's person, when he held the child in his lap and Mrs. Jenkin was absent from home. Two months later, a communication of 20 words, exclusive of signature, was written through his hand. A gentleman, a Liverpool solicitor, named J. Wasson, was present at the time, and united with the mother and nurse in a certificate which was published in the London Medium and Daybreak of May 8, 1874. The professional and scientific rank of Mr. Jenkin make it in the highest degree improbable that he would lend himself to a deception. Moreover, the child was within such easy reach of the royal institution, of which his father is a member, that Professor Tyndall and his associates had no excuse for neglecting to examine and inform the world about this psychological phenomenon. The sacred baby of Tibet being so far away, they find their most convenient plan to be a flat denial, with hints of sunstroke and acoustical machinery. As for the London baby, the affair is still easier, let them wait until the child has grown up and learned to write, and then deny the story point blank. H.P. Blavatsky In addition to other travelers, the Abbe Huck gives us an account of that wonderful tree of Tibet called the Kambum, that is to say, the tree of the 10,000 images and characters. It will grow in no other latitude, although the experiment has sometimes been tried, and it cannot even be multiplied from cuttings. The tradition is that it sprang from the hair of one of the avatars, the Lama Sun Kapa, one of the incarnations of Buddha. But we will let the Abbe Huck tell the rest of the story. Each of its leaves, in opening, bears either a letter or religious sentence, written in sacred characters, and these letters are, of their kind, of such a perfection that the type foundries of Dido contain nothing to excel them. Open the leaves, which vegetation is about to unroll, and you will there discover, on the point of appearing, the letters of the distinct words which are the marvel of this unique tree. Turn your attention from the leaves of the plant to the bark of its branches, and new characters will meet your eyes. 
Do not allow your interest to flag, raise the layers of this bark, and still other characters will show themselves below those whose beauty had surprised you. 4. Do not fancy that these superposed layers repeat the same printing. No, quite the contrary, for each lamina you lift presents to view its distinct type. How, then, can we suspect jugglery? I have done my best in that direction to discover the slightest trace of human trick, and my baffled mind could not retain the slightest suspicion. We will add to M. Huck's narrative the statement that the characters which appear upon the different portions of the Kaunbum are in the Sansar, or language of the sun, characters, ancient Sanskrit, and that the sacred tree, in its various parts, contains in extenso the whole history of the creation, and in substance the sacred books of Buddhism. In this respect, it bears the same relation to Buddhism as the pictures in the Temple of Dendera, in Egypt, due to the ancient faith of the pharaohs. The latter are briefly described by Professor W. B. Carpenter, President of the British Association, in his Manchester Lecture on Egypt. He makes it clear that the Jewish Book of Genesis is nothing more than an expression of the early Jewish ideas, based upon the pictorial records of the Egyptians among whom they lived. But he does not make it clear, except inferentially, whether he believes either the Dendera pictures or the Mosaic account to be an allegory or a pretended historical narrative. How a scientist who had devoted himself to the most superficial investigation of the subject can venture to assert that the ancient Egyptians had the same ridiculous notions about the world's instantaneous creation as the early Christian theologians, passes comprehension. How can he say that because the Dendera picture happens to represent their cosmogony in one allegory, they intended to show the scene as occurring in six minutes or six millions of years? It may as well indicate allegorically six successive epochs or eons, or eternity, as six days. Besides, the books of Hermes certainly give no color to the charge, and the Avesta specifically names six periods, each embracing thousands of years, instead of days. Many of the Egyptian hieroglyphics contradict Dr. Carpenter's theory, and Champollion has avenged the ancients in many particulars. From what is gone before, it will, we think, be made clear to the reader that the Egyptian philosophy had no room for any such crude speculations, if the Hebrews themselves ever believed them, their cosmogony viewed man as the result of evolution, and his progress to be marked by immensely lengthened cycles. But to return to the wonders of Tibet. H.P. Blavatsky I Am Discourses, Volume 13 You see, if I were to precipitate, for instance, give a glass of that liquid to each one of you, and you drank it now tonight, your bodies in the morning would look almost like different human beings. I have been hoping I could do that, and still hope that that can come about, but I must have sufficient harmony maintained within the feeling of the individuals before that can be done. Question harmony over a certain period? Saint Germain, yes, it must be over a long period so there would not be any reaction or discord within the body. Question, would that take out all discord, so to speak? Saint Germain, if sufficient harmony had been maintained for a length of time, then if this were done, it would make one almost invincible against it by any any outside projection, except their own feeling within. But the greatest service I contend this will do for the student is to make them practically invincible against outside suggestions. As the radio work continues, you will find that the class of people drawn into this work will be marvelous. They will be firm, 
kindly, unyielding in their determination to the light, and they will take hold of things and from the beginning shut off this foolish gossip. Then they will be able to go ahead in the marvelous way. But as long as they listen to or become a part of that kind of thing, it creates such turmoil in their feeling world they cannot be stabilized. That is why the messenger urged them in the shrine class and since, not to listen to or become a part of those things, a wide open prey for the thing the destructive forces want to pour in. I tell you, you cannot take people by the hair and make them accept this work. If they don't want to come in of their own volition, just let them go their own way. This sounds, again, perhaps ridiculous, but from our standpoint it is so true. The true human relationship is where people are in harmony. If they are not in harmony, there is no relationship, you see. That is the truth from the highest standpoint, but mankind in general would think I was a terrible creature to say that thing. They would surely swear I was breaking up homes. That accounts for the conditions that exist in the world, because mankind have become wholly ignorant of the real or true laws governing those things. But so long as the conditions exists, you just have to make the best of it until something can be done to raise the consciousness and the feeling world of mankind into that which is wholly different, and of course, the knowledge of the presence is the only thing that could do it and sustain it. Someday when I show you the records of mankind, you will marvel with me that the sanity of mankind has been sustained. I tell you, the way they have with great determination gone exactly opposite to the requirements of the laws of life, and of course, it gets them into a state of consciousness where any kind of depravity seems a perfectly natural thing, don't you see, because then they would not resist it. Beloved Saint Germain Question, is there always one planet in every system of worlds wherein the people do disobey the law of life, or is this just a stream that is accumulated? Saint Germain, no, every system has its own planet which is the wayward child, but of course the earth is the densest, by far, of all that disobedience. You take our present humanity today. Those who arise out of this through their call to the presence, become a strength and power unknown to those who have not gone through it. It draws forth the utmost of the strength, purity, and fullness of the divinity within the individuals. That means they gain the full mastery. That is why the Ascended Masters are such marvelous beings, because they have gained that mastery through rising out of human conditions and limitations, therefore they are the attainment of the perfection and full mastery over the most destructive forces that are in the human octave. For instance, let us take ourselves, when we have won the ascension through the human calls, it gives us, not just because of having reached that state, but it gives us a freedom, determination, and unyielding power over human qualities and destructive things that just is not describable in words. That is the reason why in these classes we are able to pour forth a radiance and substance that is, well, if you saw from our standpoint, it is the most marvelous thing you ever witnessed, especially since the beginning of the shrine class when this greater activity was entered into. It is a marvelous thing. Question. Does this liquid light substance act as if it dissolves the covering from the points of light? Saint Germain, yes, it does do that, but perhaps this would make it clearer, it rather eats up the imperfection that is there. I would suggest to everyone that you feel that liquid light envelop and enter into your kidneys, your bladder, and reproductive organs at least twice a day for two or three minutes. Just feel that enter in and dissolve all impurity and imperfection. The kidneys needed in almost every person these days very much because the kidneys of every human being have been constantly overloaded with substance that is so difficult for them to handle. If you ladies would just visualize from the base of your brain area and all along the spine to the end of the spine, 
like a tube of liquid light feeding off into the body through the vertebrae and through those nerve channels, you would find a great relief from a tired spine, because in addition to your call to the presence to charge the energy, you will find it a sustaining power. Beloved Saint Germain Thank you.